the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Living by Grace. Living by Grace. Everything about the American way of life teaches that you get what you earn in life. You get what you pay for. We value work, sweat, effort, performance. And this is called the American work ethic, and it is good. The only problem is it makes it difficult for us to relate to God because God does not relate to us on the basis of our performance. The Bible says God relates to us on the basis of grace. Every blessing we have comes by God's grace as a free gift. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We don't work for it. It's just a free gift of God. Everything in your life and mine is a gift of grace. But someone might say, wait a minute, Pastor. The things that I have, I worked for. I earned Well, you wouldn't have the effort to work. You wouldn't have the brain to work. You wouldn't have the energy to work if God didn't give it to you. Every breath that you take is a gift from God. God does not owe it to you. He does not owe your next breath to you. But you're going to take it because it's a gift of God's grace. The Bible is clear about this, that God saves us by grace. He blesses us by grace. He teaches us by grace. He uses us by grace. He keeps us saved by grace. And he will take us to heaven by grace. Everything in my life that's good is a gift from God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It's all because of his grace. And then in John chapter 1 and verse 16. 
from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Now, there are many definitions of grace. Grace is like a multifaceted diamond. It has many different sides and shapes. No one definition can adequately describe it. Let me read for you a couple definitions that I came across. Grace is God's love in action. Grace is when God gives me what I need, not what I deserve. Grace is anything that I desperately need, that I don't deserve, that I could never repay, but God gives it to me anyway. Grace is the face that God puts on when he looks at my failures, my faults, and my mistakes. Now, many people confuse grace with mercy. They are two different things. See, mercy is when God doesn't give you what you deserve. Have you ever done anything wrong and gotten away with it? Of course we have. You have gotten off scot-free on a lot of things that you deserved punishment for. It's when God doesn't give you what you deserve, that's called mercy. On the other hand, when God gives you what you don't deserve, that is called grace. All the good things in your life you didn't earn, didn't work for, are God's grace to you. In order to help you understand and feel the power of grace, I want to use as my outline the five letters that make up the word grace. This is called an acrostic. So what is grace? Number one, grace is God's gift to me. Grace is God's gift to me. That's for the G. If you were to go out and ask ten people, how do you get to heaven? You would get the same answers most of the time. Just work real hard and try to do your best. Be sincere and be nice to people. Just try to do good and make, you, make sure that you do more good in your life than you do bad because maybe God grades on a curve and if, you, if your good works are better than your bad works, maybe he'll say, you're a good, sincere person. Come in. Well, that's the way most of the world, of the world thinks. Most of the world thinks they can get into heaven by being a good person. But here is the problem. There isn't a ghost of a chance you're going to get, you're going to make it into heaven on your own effort, on your own goodness. You can't be good enough to go to a perfect place. There's no way you're going to ever work, earn, or buy your way into heaven. You can't be good enough. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 11 and verse 6, it, If it is by grace, it is no longer 
on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. This just means that salvation is God's free gift to us as human beings. This is the fundamental difference between Christianity and every other religion. You could summarize every other religion in one word, the word do. Because you have to earn your way to God. Depending on the religion, there is a different list of, of, of do's. The lists differ, but every one of them have one thing in common. You have to earn God's approval. You have to earn God's favor. Earn God's credit. And you have to earn your way into heaven by doing certain things. And if you do these things, then God says, okay, you are all right. But the Bible says the exact opposite. It says the way you get to know God, have a relationship with him, have your sins forgiven, and get into heaven is by accepting what has already been done for you. You accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you 2,000 plus years ago. And if you were to summarize Christianity in one word, it would be the word done. It's already been done for you. It's do versus done. Jesus did it all. That's the difference. And it is a free gift to you and to me. All we have to do is to accept it. A young man came to a pastor one day after the worship service and and said, Rev, what do I have to do to be saved? Jokingly, the pastor said, you're too late. And the young man was a little shocked. He didn't expect that answer from a pastor. And he said, what do you mean it's too late? And the pastor replied, What needed to be done was done 2,000 plus years ago. And it was done by Jesus Christ. No, all you have to do is to accept it. There is nothing else you can do to add on to what was done by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. You see, grace is God's gift to us. Our only part in salvation is simply accepting the fact that it was all done for us, and that's called grace. Romans 3, 24, in the message paraphrase says, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself. A pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in, and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. You see, that's circle the word sheer gift or pure gift. That's the best gift uh, we are ever going to be offered. Uh, We may win the lottery and um, have millions of dollars that we can use, Uh, and to be as comfortable as we want to be, but we will have to leave it one of these days. But this gift which God gives to us 
goes on for eternity. It's a priceless gift, and you will never be offered a better gift than that in this world. But let's look at number two. Grace is received by faith. Grace is received by faith. That's an R in grace. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. You don't deserve it. You don't do a bunch of things to get God's grace, like if I take communion, I get God's grace. If I am baptized, I get God's grace. No, grace is received by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, 8 and 9 in the New Living Translation says, God saved you by his special favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. That means that even faith is a gift from God. God gives you the faith to believe in his word and to believe in Jesus Christ. It's a gift of God, not of works so that no one can boast. Now, can you imagine how miserable we would be in heaven if everybody could get there by working for it and earning it? Everybody up there would be bragging about what they did to get there. But thank God, it's all by God's grace so that none of us can boast because it is due to God's grace that we are who we are and where we are today. Salvation is not based on my performance. It is based on God's promise. It is not based on my merit. It is based on God's mercy. It is not based on my goodness. It is based on God's grace. The Bible is full of stories illustrating God's grace, and perhaps the best-known story is that of the prodigal son. The story goes that the father had two sons, and one day the younger son came to him and said, Dad, I'm, I'm splitting. I, I want my half of the family inheritance right now, and I'm leaving. So the father, for whatever reason, decided to give it uh, to him, and he moves to a foreign country and wastes his life on wine, women, and song. And after a while, he has blown the, all the funds that he received from his dad. And out of luck, out of money, he ends up feeding pigs at a pig farm. There is no ATM around. He is destitute, broke, and busted. Flat on his back, he's thinking, what am I doing here? I know I blew it, and it's all my fault. But the people who work for my dad as servants live better than this. So he says to himself, I'm going to go back home and say, Dad, I blew it. I wasted half the family inheritance. I do not deserve to be called your son. Just hire me as a servant and I'll work for you for the rest of my life, even because even your servants live better than I am living now. The Bible says the father was loving and gracious to his son. When he saw his son 
from a long distance coming home, he ran to meet him. He gives him a, a giant beer hug and, and kisses him and smiles and, and begins celebrating his return. And so he tells a servant, go get the best robe in the house and bring it and we are going to put it on my son. He didn't say, uh, go clean up your act, get a bath, repay me first. He doesn't scold him. He doesn't lecture him. He doesn't give him a sermon. He just hugs him unconditionally and says, bring out the best robe, bring the family ring and and uh, we are going to put them on him. Kill the fatted calf and let's have a barbecue to celebrate the fact that my son who was lost has now been found. He said, that is grace. The Bible says that every time a person accepts the grace of God, the angels in heaven have a party, they rejoice. My greatest joy comes when I have the privilege or the opportunity to lead a person uh, into accepting God's free gift of salvation. The third point is grace is available to everyone. That's the A. It's available to everyone. What does that mean? God doesn't play favorites. Regardless of your status, regardless of your background, regardless of the sins you have committed, God loves you. Loves you as though you had never sinned. He loves you unconditionally. And his grace is available to everyone. Romans chapter 10 and verse, and verse 13, uh, Paul says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, it means everybody, not just some. Not just a privileged few, but every person who walks on the face of this earth. God designed us to receive his grace so that we could become like his son, Jesus Christ. Grace is available, thank God. It's available to the first time visitor to uh, People's Baptist Church as it is to someone who has gone to church all of his or her life. It makes no difference because it is not based on church attendance. You can't understand what it means to have a relationship with God without understanding what grace is all about. It is at the very heart of Christianity. Grace says no matter what you have done, no matter who you are, Grace is available to you. But number, number four, grace, take over, the, take over the is, grace comes through Christ. Grace comes through Christ. That's the C. That's the only place it is available. In Acts chapter 15 and uh, verse 11, we read, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. Why through Christ? Why does grace come only through Christ? Because he's the one who paid for it. Nobody else had volunteered to pay for your sins and mine. 
Nobody else had volunteered to pay for all the good things that we have in life. Grace is free, but it is not cheap. Because somebody has to pay for it. And it costs Jesus Christ his life. That's how expensive your ticket to heaven is. That's how expensive paying the penalty for all the sins you have done in your life that you won't have to pay for because someone paid for it on the cross. It costs God his own son. That's how much he loves you and loves me. There's a phrase used of people in the New Testament who have accepted God's grace, and it is called in Christ. Anybody who has accepted the forgiveness of God, who has accepted the grace of God, who has accepted the salvation of God, is said to be in Christ. That phrase is used over 120 times in the New Testament. What does that mean? It means that as I go through life, I make a lot of mistakes. I do all kinds of dumb, stupid things, make bad decisions. My life is a mess, and there are areas of my life that there is no way I could put back together again. But the Bible says, when I come to God and say, God, I want to accept your grace in Jesus Christ, that God takes our messed up life and puts us in Christ. So keep that, that, um, those two words in mind, in Christ. And the Bible says that I am hidden in Christ, when I have accepted the grace of God in, in, in Christ. He said, when I am in Christ, God does not see my imperfections. All he sees is Christ. That is the way God looks at me 24 hours a day. I see the mess, the scars, the things that I'm ashamed of. But when I am in Christ, all God sees is the perfection of Christ not my imperfections. That is why if you are a believer, if you have accepted the grace of God, God is never, never mad at you. Never. Because Jesus Christ has already paid for all your sins. That is why God doesn't punish Christians in the way that a lot of people think. You see, all our punishment was taken by Christ on the cross 2,000 plus years ago by Jesus Christ. So when you mess up your life, you don't have to say, oh God, I know you're really mad at, at, at me today. You see, if you have accepted the grace of God, instead of saying that, then you should say, God, please forgive what I've just done or what I did And I need your grace to change so that I won't do it again. I don't know how to say it any clearer than than this. There is nothing that you will ever do that you could ever possibly do that will make God love you more than he does right now. And there is nothing you could ever do that will ever make God love you any less than he does right now. Why? Because his love is not based on our performance. It is based on his promise of grace 
not on your merit, but on his mercy, not on your goodness, but on his grace. If you ever grasp this, then it will change your life and the way you think about God and about yourself. You'll not be running from God all the time, worrying about what what God thinks and what he's going to do to you. Instead, you'll run to him every time you fall, every time you know that you have sinned. You see, you don't run to someone who wants to scold you or who wants to punish you. You run to someone who wants to hug you and to help you and to change you. If you ever get that, it will change your life. But number number, number five, the E, grace is extended throughout eternity. Grace is extended throughout eternity. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our salvation is eternal. It is forever. Once you've accepted Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. You will always be saved, and God will take you to heaven with him because it was not based on your being in heaven, it's not based on your performance, but on God's grace in sending Jesus Christ to die for you. You might say that grace is the gift that keeps on giving because God saves the best for the last, and we should... Be in his, we shall be in his presence for eternity, forever. None of us here today deserve God's goodness. None of us deserves God's forgiveness. None of us deserve God's healing touch or God's many blessings or God's incredible love or God's daily provisions. But because of God's amazing grace, we can receive all of this and more. You see, it is the grace of God that lifts us up when we are down. It's the grace of God that gives us comfort when we are in sorrow. It's the grace of God that keeps us safe when we are in danger. It's the grace of God that strengthens us when we are weak. It's the grace of God that gives us hope when we are are discouraged that supplies us with answers to our prayers, and that forgives our sin when we repent. You see, without God's grace, our burdens would be too heavy to bear. Our sorrows would be too great to survive. Our nights would be too lonely to endure. Our hearts would be too broken to heal. Our doubts would be too many to dissolve. And our fears would be too fierce to overcome. God declared that his grace would always be sufficient regardless of what we may be facing, regardless of what disappointment we may be encountering, regardless of the demands that may be upon us, regardless of the shortcomings we may have, regardless of our physical disabilities, regardless of our personal hardships, or regardless of what our past may have been. And to top it off, 
we will spend eternity in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As the hymn writer says, face to face I shall behold him, far beyond the starry sky, face to face in all his glory, I shall see him by and by. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.